from Studio 67 in Florida's Capital County. It's time to get fact-checked. Access granted. What's up, good people of Florida? You've got Jared, Courtney, and Amir back for another episode of Fact-Checked. The countdown clock on Sunny Die reads 28 days. That means we hit the halfway mark earlier this week. And the halftime event was Miami-Dade County Day. How'd you guys like it? It That's was a big awesome. One. Yeah. It was very lively. Very exciting. From the Gators to the Gar. Oh, man. They had, they had paella in the courtyard for lunch. The line was in another zip code. It was backing <laughs> all the way up to about Wakola County. Uh, and then the nighttime came, and, you know, we partied until the sun rose. We were on Cuban time. So <laughs> we finally got to feel what Eddie Labrador I feels know. every <laughs> single day. And they actually had Cuban coffee out there, too, to keep oh, you awake and pumping. I was bouncing off the walls. It was awesome. But, hey, Miami Day County, thanks for showing out as usual. Uh, we got the Super Bowl this weekend. Yep. What, what you guys thinking? Who, who's going to take home the trophy this year? Scripted, <laughs> man. I could have guessed that. Yeah, well scripted. <laughs> I'm going to take the Niners personally, but you know, I just I like to be a contrarian. Um, but you guys do anything for Super Bowl? Yeah. What's uh, you guys got any like go-to Super Bowl foods? All right, I'm a Mexican dip. dip guy. I'm a dip, yeah. dip person. I, I was just talking to Courtney about this before we hopped on, but Madison Social is doing a pound of wings and a pound of beer for sixteen dollars during the game. That's free money. Man. <laughs> That's free money. <laughs> a pound of beer, sixteen ounces. Just Are they so. paying you for the promo? <laughs> Not at all. But I just saw that and I was like, yeah, just spreading the gospel. Well, that was Mir Warren uh, doing free promo for Madison Social. Uh, we will get right into the swing of things. Uh, we're gonna kick it over to Courtney for. What else but term limits? Term limits. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a lot of moving um, parts there, but Courtney, what's, what's the latest? Yeah, the Senate Committee on Community Affairs passed uh, SB 438 by Senator Angolia. Um, in the Senate bill, uh, the term limits are still at eight years. Um, and during committee, there was two amendments that were adopted. Uh, the first one requires charter counties with 12-year term limits, which is Polk, Lee, and Broward, to put a measure on the ballot to allow voters to decide if their county commissioners should be subjective to eight years. Um, this is a bit confusing because it doesn't say that they are at 12 years currently. It's basically just a open panel of who thinks it should be at, you know, eight years. So if uh, the citizens of those counties don't already know that, then it's kind of just a mind game a little bit. And the second one only applied to charter counties with no term limits. Uh, prior to service before 11 5 of 2024 does not count towards the eight years and this does not supersede more restrictive term limits and does not authorize county commissioners to serve another eight years so uh the bill did pass and those were the two amendments on them right now and um the house bill is at 12 years currently now as always they could keep this real simple and just keep it in the hands of the voters but right. we are beating a dead horse at this point yes. on that one <laughs> Uh, so I will shift gears and kick it over to Amir uh, to talk that millage rate bill we've seen yep. for a couple weeks running now. What's yeah, no, we and uh, we're able to see both bills this week. We <laughs> saw HB 1195 by Rep. Garrison and SB 1322 by Senator Angolia, which Bob was present for both, and he did testify against both. Now, to catch everyone up to speed, both bills provide that county mun municipalities or independent special districts may not increase the previous millage rate unless approved by two-thirds vote of the membership 
of the governing body of the county. Again, uh, we do have things in place that already kind of allow us to do this. Um, we already have a two-thirds vote measured by the rollback rate, which is something that Bob McKee was able to explain during his testimony. So we'll kind of see how these are moving. So with that SB 1322, which was in Goliath's bill, passed favorably in the Finance and Tax Committee, and HB 1195 made it through all of its committee runs being reported favorably with 13 to 4 voting in the State Affairs Committee. Thanks, Amir. I'm going to pivot real quick. Uh, I'm sure everybody remembers Senate Bill 170 from a couple years back. This was dubbed the preemption to end all preemptions. It required business impact statements for certain county ordinances. Um, and the idea was that, you know, if a county did something that was seen as arbitrary or unreasonable uh, by a business, you know, that business could seek legal recourse um, based on that, that business impact statement. Um, fast forward to this session, we've got Senate Bill 1628 by Senator Collins. Uh, which passed the Senate Community Affairs Committee this week, and the House version, uh, House Bill 1547 by Representative, I believe it's McClure, uh, that passed its first committee stop in local admin and federal affairs this week. Uh, what this would do, looking back to 170, there were a handful of exemptions to that business impact statement requirement. Uh, among those were certain land use and, and comp plan amendments um, that obviously would not be subject to that requirement this would take out that carve out for land use and comp plan amendments uh, the only such thing in that category that will still be exempt if this bill were to pass would be development orders and development permits so obviously we're we're kind of fighting this one tooth and nail as much as we can uh, and we'll just have to see where it goes from here now, this is obviously a threat to uh, county's growth management authority uh, and so we'll be opposing this one going forward uh, courtney i'm going to pivot back to you what is going on with this public camping bill Yes, so the public sleeping and public camping bill, um, both were in its respective Senate and House committees this week. Uh, both bills did have a delete everything amendment that was adopted. The bills kind of clarified what public sleeping and public camping meant. Public camping is overnight with the use of a temporary housing such as a tent and public sleeping is just residing out outdoors overnight. This bill makes homelessness illegal in the sense that if municipality or a county wants to allow public sleeping or public camping in parks or on sidewalks, they have to issue a temporary permit. The bill is unclear who issues this temporary permit. And on top of that, if they don't want to do this, then they can also create a designated property that's owned by the county for a continuous period of time of no longer than a year for people to go publicly sleep and publicly camp overnight. They are trying to find a way to help our homeless community, but this kind of just allocates them all to one area and it's very hard to get people to go to this area without wanting to. This is a delicate situation for sure, Courtney. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that um, cause of action that the bill creates as yes, well. Yes, the cause of action is probably one of the biggest steps of this bill. Any private entity can sue a county or municipality for a homeless person, public, a homeless person sleeping or camping in front of their private property Um you know, they can call the police and say, can you please have this person moved? And if they are not moved, then they have the cause of action to sue. Well, that's one of the trickiest parts here is obviously, you know, we're not looking to shift the blame to our, our friends, the, the sheriff's department, for example. But, right. you know, this is obviously a, a function of law enforcement potentially to um, address these people if they're sleeping on, you know, a, a business's property. Right. Uh, and so 
what I'm sorry, what is the Board of County Commissioners expected to do here? And I, I think what we're looking to do is, you know, if if that is to exist, um, make it more appropriate to, you know, us carving out a certain area with certain criteria right. uh, for these right. people to sleep and, and making sure that, you know, the, the county follows through on that, obviously. But. Right. And there's, and that's part of it. The county doesn't have to issue the temporary permits. They also do not have to create these designated properties, but private owners can still sue us. Got to make it work. I think that's the, the thing to remember here is it just has to work from a, from a technical perspective. Um, so, you know, we, we'll be on top of that one for sure. Uh, Amir, what is going on uh, with this Monroe County affordable housing? So on Tuesday, we heard uh, Senate Bill 1456. It made its first committee appearance in the Senate Community Affairs Committee. And this bill, uh, sponsored by Senator Rodriguez, provides provisions that are aimed to address workforce housing needs in Monroe County, Florida Keys, an area of critical state concern. Now, the Florida Keys was designated as a critical state concern area in the mid-70s and what this means is that local regional and state government have to work together essentially for any building or development plans there and one of the noteworthy provisions within this entire bill i just want to read it off it allows a designated county levying tourist taxes now that can be either tourist impact or tourist development taxes to transfer surplus funds occurred through september 30th 2024 for the affordable housing aimed at employees affected by tourism Housing finance from this surplus must remain affordable for at least 99 years, which was a very noteworthy provision that they implemented in that one. Bob McKee was in attendance for the Community Affairs Committee to waive in support of Senator Rodriguez's good bill. The bill ended up passing unanimously 8-0 and now is heading to its second committee stop, which is going to be the Senate Finance and Tax Committee. It's House Companion 1297, sponsored by Representative Mooney, also passed favorably this week and was sent to the EDR's Revenue Estimating Impact Conference this morning, but they decided to roll it back next week because they didn't have enough data to put together the uh, fiscal impact. Thanks, Mayor. I know our friends down in Monroe County will be pleased to see this one on the move. Uh, one last bill before we move into budget talks um, is the Senate version of the building permit dereg bill that we've been following for a while. Now, the House bill has moved, I think, twice now. It's in its last committee. Yeah. Uh, the Senate bill by Senator Sigley, and that's Senate Bill 684. Um, move for the first time this, this this week, passing in Senate Community Affairs. Now this has um, this has a lot of the same parts as the House bill, uh, with some some tweaks here and there, uh, mostly for the better. If I'm being honest, uh, it has that batch permitting language uh, that we're giving for preliminary plats, obviously, um, and it, it does provide for a, a vested rights test um, within a preliminary plat. If the developer uh, meets certain requirements, including substantial change in his or her position, uh, as well as just good faith development of the property, um, that was one we were pleased to see. I know Eddie Labrador has been, um, you know, a fierce proponent yes. of uh, you know <laughs> keeping the the legal test um, kind of as yes. is, uh, and so I think we're pleased with kind of where that language is shaping up. Uh, it also changes the shot clocks a little bit from the House version, uh, mostly again for the better. More specifically, that means a 30-day shot clock for structure structures under 7,500 square feet. Uh, this means residential units, single family. Uh, as well as accessory structures, alarm, electrical, anything that's part of a 7,500 square foot or less structure. As well as 60 days for any signs or non-residential buildings under 25,000 square feet. 
um, and then 120 business days. I think the key difference to highlight here is that the House still has that problematic deemed approved language yes. uh, where if, if, you know, a local government plans reviewer was to not meet uh, those certain timelines within the bill, um, that application would be deemed approved. That's a public safety nightmare. I mean, that's just yeah. something that is a non-starter for us. The Senate does not have that language. Um, and so that that is a, a minor victory there. Moving right along, guys, uh, both the House and Senate passed their proposed budgets this week. Um, those are now passed off the floor uh, and they will move shortly into budget conference to kind of align those two. Uh, a little more clearly. Now, the House and Senate are pretty close uh, in their total estimates this year, uh, so hopefully there's not too much work to do during budget conference. The House proposed budget comes in at about $115.5 billion, while the Senate comes in at $115.9 billion. Uh, both of these are down a little bit from the previous fiscal year's budget. Uh, obviously, some of that uh, federal money that was flowing in during COVID is starting to dry up a little bit and inflation is coming down. So revenues are, are also dropping a little bit, but you know, 115 billion is, would still be the second largest budget ever. Uh, and so, you know, the state is still flush with cash. Um, and, and so we're, we're hoping to kind of get funding where we need it, uh, as far as, you know, certain community needs. Uh, one highlight I wanted to mention in, in kind of the water space, is the Resilient Florida Grant Program, uh, only because there is a pretty sizable gap between the House and Senate on that one. Uh, more specifically, the House allocates $200 million for the Resilient Florida Grant Program, while the Senate only appropriates half that at $100 million. Uh, both provide that $20 million in Resilient Florida planning grants, uh, you know, before we get shovels in the ground on that one, but just wanted to highlight that big difference. Uh, Courtney, what are you seeing on, on kind of your silos within the budget? Yeah, um, in the affordable housing space, um, SHIP was allocated $174 million. Um, Hometown Heroes got $75 million. And then um, another $234 million went to the Florida Housing Finance Corporation for other affordable housing projects. We are pleased to see those programs obviously getting the money they deserve. Uh, Amir, how about you? What, what do you see in kind of in your issue areas? One thing that we can't, that both sides can't agree on is that our fiscally constrained counties do need money in. With that, they've both agreed on the same budget price for SCOP, which is a small county outreach program of approximately $88.2 million, along with SCRAP, which is a small county resurface assistance program at $26.5 million, along with providing fiscally constrained county funding in the amount of $71.1 million to offset any impacts of previously approved constitutional amendments on fiscally constrained counties. Thanks, guys. This is one that we'll obviously, you know, be monitoring going forward uh, as we move kind of into, into budget season. Um, but, you know, a, a promising start for a handful of our, our priority programs here. Yeah. yeah, sure. And if you want to take a deeper look into the budget, um, that we've put together, you can find it right through Legible. Thank you, Courtney. Yeah, we, we will have a, a big budget report uh, link in both Legible as well as on our website. Uh, so obviously tune into that one. Uh, I think that just about does us for the week as far as policy goes. Yeah. Um, little over halfway. Uh, <laughs> we're halfway but, you know, there. We're getting there. Stay with us. We're we are up here fighting for you guys, obviously, week in and week out, you know, hoping to finish strong <laughs> for all of our counties out there. Um, with that being said, I think we will wrap up for the week. Uh, but appreciate, appreciate you guys tuning in, and go Niners! <laughs> <laughs> Happy Super Bowl weekend, everybody. See you guys next week. Bye, you guys everyone. have a good weekend. <laughs>